Here we go. This is it. Episode number 268. No Laugh Track podcast right here at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. My name is Justin Severson, the host. Circle of Heat is the band who uh, provides us with the music there each and every week. I'm sure you're listening, Dana Gould, so thank you once again for uh, being on the podcast last week and for everyone who listened and came back this week to hear Josh Weinstein Return of Josh Weinstein. Uh, I'm a regular, aren't I? At this yeah, point? you know, if we look back, I think it was like six episodes ago, last time you were here. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with that. And you brought no, a guest. I did. I always have to bring an old guy with me. Special guest. <laughs> Special guest, Joel Madison. Hi, Justin. Hi. Who I My just, first time. Yeah, who I just met here. five minutes ago. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, for, for sure. Thank you. I uh, Let's start with why, who, what's the connection with you two? Uh, the connection is Joel is one of my very best friends. I know. Like when I was told, let me just hop in. When I was told that he, the, the name of who was coming with you, I'm going, that sounds really familiar. Like that's a name you've mentioned. It's a re- yeah. Didn't he have a car dealership <laughs> right. uh, at one time? Well, 494. We, do, yeah, we mention exactly. his name on Thought Spiral occasionally because he's friends with both Andy and I. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I did stand up here uh, at the beginning of stand up back in, the, in 1980 uh, when we were at Mickey Finn's and the, the, the scene was just starting out. Uh, with uh, Louis Anderson yeah. and Jeff Cesario, who's going to be here next week. And, two weeks. Uh, in two weeks, and yep. Alex Cole, uh, and a bunch of guys that are, well, some of them have passed away, but some of sure. them are still doing stand-up. And um, uh, so I was one of, like, one of the original guys. One of the founding the fathers. Founding fathers, if you will. You know what? Yeah. That's probably where I've heard your name, too. Yeah. It was I, probably 15 years ago or so, and they did... Sort of a uh, let's get the old group back together. A show I, I wasn't went to. in that one. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah, like I do Jeff know that Trubino one. Yes, performed. I was not invited to that Scott one. Scott Hansen and all these guys. Yeah. Yes, maybe because you weren't a comic anymore. Well, so <laughs> was that? I could. I didn't stop me. I know. I could have emceed <laughs> like I'm doing this week. I, uh, for some reason, yeah. They, I know that show. Yeah, it was all those guys that. Yes, I started out with all those guys. Okay. Yeah, and then I retired from stand up in about '91 or two. Started writing for television, and um, as we talked about this, I love doing stand up comedy. I didn't really like the lifestyle of a stand up comedian. Okay. I didn't like being a quote unquote stand up. I don't like being a quote unquote anything. Honestly, <laughs> I don't like a label, but particularly. You're a stand-up. Oh, great. You know, uh, my brother's a stand-up. So is my uncle, and I got two cousins that do stand-up. Right, or, I should be a stand-up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about <laughs> oh, doing an up, open classic, mic. Right? Yeah, or you get, like, just you do a joke in public or say something funny. Well, you're a stand-up. Of course you're going to say something funny. It's like, uh, What are you, a comedian? Yeah, exactly. You get, you get it's just a horrible thing. But that's not why. But then as more, a sitcom writer, they go, uh... Hey, you should do a, you should do a show about my work. Yeah, see, so I don't tell anybody what I do <laughs> ever. It's just not worth it. No, exactly. Right? What and are the, what are the things you make up that you tell people you do? Oh, sometimes I'll say I'm insurance salesman. That'll turn them off right away. That'll <laughs> do a 360 pretty fast. Right. They know you're, the pitch is coming. Yeah, right. Oh, how about I tell you what yeah. I do instead? I used to use my brother's various jobs as mm. my job on airplanes. If it was someone I did not want to have the conversation yeah. with, I'd do. And it's my, always I'm, bad once you tell people that you do comedy. And with, at the be- you learn this. You learn this because you tell somebody that. And then it, I remember a flight. There's also many years where you're eager to tell people. Of, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> you are Oh, I'm a stand-up comic. Right. And I remember being on a plane saying that I think I was probably coming maybe back to Minneapolis. I said, yeah, I'm a stand-up. It's like, oh, are you famous? Mm, have you heard of me? <laughs> no. 
well, then I'm not yeah. famous. Answer you know? that yourself yeah. instead of putting me on the spot. Yeah. Thanks. Don't put the onus on me. Right. <laughs> but anyways, we're here all week. And <laughs> <laughs> Could I ask you a quick question? I want to. I know we're going to talk about Josh's podcast. Oh, yeah. He does a great podcast uh, with Andy Kindler. You have a three-mic setup. <laughs> Is that really a, a expensive? Yeah, to there's have a soundboard than... back at the back of the room. Is that what's holding back you having me on? Uh, no, Your not... Andy Kindler podcast. <laughs> no, no, actually, I've asked not... like a hundred times. <laughs> have you? You because still... I love the show, and I was telling Andy, I was going, I love the show. It's like being to lunch with you and Andy, but I don't get to say anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which uh-huh. is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> no, here's the problem. What do you mean? They, they give out the email address towards the end of every episode. Feel free to comment. To, oh, I could do a <laughs> yeah, comment? Yes. Oh, okay. We'll read it on the air. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, here's the thing. is I fi- it's, it's probably going to be even longer now before we have you on. Because, because I mentioned it? Well, certainly that. Okay. But no, Andy is terrible with anybody playing audience to him in any way of course like if you start laughing if you lunch. start laughing we go to he's lunch. gonna just start playing to you and yeah. only playing as if he's trying to get laughs yes i know that so I my know. spot with andy is to talk where the laugh would go but we tried our that. producer was in town one day um and he we had him over and we had him in the room just we were like well, as long as you're here why don't you just record us you know because usually i'm the one who does it mm-hmm. But he was laughing the whole time, and Andy, Andy just like started playing to him directly, not even talking to me. And I pulled the plug on it because it was like, this is not our show, even. This isn't, you know. And oh. Andy, Andy was super stoned, and he was bad. You know, okay. if he was really funny, combination it would have been a lot a of bad thing, things. But, yeah. so just like lunch when we go yes, out to lunch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I was just right. listening to the most uh, recent episode. Yeah. And you discussed. So this is the. Yeah, this is the lost episode. He that's the lost episode. That's yes. the lost episode. Exactly. Okay, and that's why. That was why, yeah. the producer was laughing. And I also have noticed that he uh, comes up a lot about the decision either to smoke pot or not smoke pot before that was what That's what prompted him to start <laughs> mentioning it all the time was I that see. night. you know, Because he also lied to me. Because like, we, like, we went out to dinner first and I picked him up and he was clearly like, Whacked by an edible, you know. Okay, but I didn't say anything. And uh-huh. then at dinner, he was sort of spaced out, and that. And then we went back to my house to do the thing, and it went how we I just described. Um, and so the next day, or whenever I saw him the next time, I was like, "You ate an edible that day, didn't you?" And he's like, "No." And then, like three seconds later, he's like, "I told my therapist I wouldn't lie. Yes, I did eat an edible." The first gear was to just to lie, lie yes. straight up, which he admits, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, well, that's good. So ever dog- since then, it's be it's been like it was more. It became more of a heightened issue. I see. I see. I can, I want to tie that into something that just happened to me. Uh, I picked my daughter up a few weeks back from it was the first day of school. Yeah, she gets in the back seat of the car, and I turn around. I'm like, "How was ever?" Are you wearing makeup? <laughs> Stare, she's 11 years old. Stares oh. me in the face yeah. and goes, pauses for about five seconds. No. <laughs> right. Right. Honey, I'm looking right at you. You're wearing makeup. Right. More pause. Mom bought it for me and said yeah. I could. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now I know who I have the problem with. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah. She's 11. I have an 11 year old. Oh, you do? Andy is how old? Andy is sixty-one. As okay, of last so it's week. different. It's, uh, <laughs> it, but I mean, <laughs> eleven. You, you you do expect that from an eleven somehow. 
but equal quality of lie. Yeah, yeah. Equal oh, quality, that, I would yeah, say. Yeah. First gear is to lie. Yes. Yeah. That's hilarious. What's your daughter's name? Uh, that, I have two daughters. That's okay. Megan. Okay. Megan's uh, 11 and Anna is nine. Megan oh, is, nice. uh, you know, 11 going, you know, it's the classic 11 going on 16. And yeah. Anna is nine and promises me she will stay nine. Oh, so <laughs> excellent. I, I don't believe it, but I'm, I'm hoping. Yeah. How would the, uh, how, so today's Thursday, you've done two shows already this week? Yes. Yeah. How did it go? Uh, they've been going good. I think, you know, Joel is uh, out of retirement, so he's getting his sea legs back. And Yeah. I've uh, done uh, one stand-up show. Well, how long ago was that when we did that benefit? Uh, it was like a, almost a year. About a year. So yeah. I did five minutes, ten minutes a year ago. Yeah. And then about ten years before that, I did a week. Yeah. And then it's been a really long time. But I've, you know, wow. been part of like uh, PTA organizations and uh, stuff like that. So it, <laughs> uh, it's not that I don't sneak in a joke or two while I'm <laughs> doing something serious. But it's been really fun. And obviously, it is a great club. Uh, so it's, it's like very, very... Um, nurturing uh, the audiences are really nice and again i'm not uh, it's it's uh, just getting the legs back and you're doing the do host i'm doing host this week host okay. mc yeah so i'm up first i'm using the feature spot as a carrot to see if he wants to really. yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah if i can get my act together right. i can i can feature next time well, i like host emceeing though it's not bad i like it i just because it's very low pressure right you don't seem like you're an actual act yeah, you can make that choice. Yeah. <laughs> I've made mine. That's not how um, they're looking at you, but yeah, you that's, think that. Yeah, that's true. But uh, no, it's it's fun. It's fun. Yes. Yes. Okay. I didn't know that was a carrot. I'll work harder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you don't have to work harder this week. I'm just saying if you okay. keep doing it after this week, then uh, I'd love to. that's the incentive. Yeah. It's hard, though. So you have kids, so it's hard to, and I have an 11-year-old. I'm up at 5.30, 6 o'clock getting helping get the kid out to school or whatever it's like so you do a show and you've got that adrenaline till two three in the morning mm-hmm. it's it's hard then to turn around in three hours and be oh not yeah crabby as hell with yeah. your kid mm-hmm. who's crabby as hell at 11 <laughs> all the time right, right? <laughs> so uh, i don't want to be world war three so it's hard it's hard to be out at night it really yeah. is and i'm uh andy's age so right. there, that's another, you know, you get used to a, well, Andy's a comic, so he lives that lifestyle. Yeah, but it takes a lot of Red Bull to make an Andy. Mm. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't do any stimulants. Yeah, do you have a similar addiction to energy drinks? No, not at all. I don't do any energy drinks. I uh, Coffee, and then I find that's horrible. It's like I've, I've hit that thing where people have said, oh, I can't have coffee after 7. Right. Well, you know, pussy. And I've hit that, <laughs> I've hit that point now. I cannot, you know. I just saw a story this morning. A 112 year old woman did an yeah. interview. Really? What, what is her key to long life? Yeah. Not drinking coffee. Uh, well, there you go. And I don't want to hear Also, that. not dying. That yeah, was, that yeah. is the number one. Right. Yeah. They never mentioned that. Yeah. Well, you, had, you saw that article about the couple who had met. The ninety-eight-year-old. Oh yeah, the, the the this was they just saw this. I saw this happened again a couple of weeks ago. Ninety-eight-year-old man, ninety-four-year-old woman get married. You know, they're all gooey about it on the news, of and course. I'm like, I give it five years tops. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the setup. Yeah, I appreciate thank you. It. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> uh, wow, one hundred and twelve. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. She, and they also uh, the picture they showed of her was uh, she was sharing a beer. With someone, so mm. I guess beer, good coffee. So it's like much. the W.C. Fields sort of approach to you know. <laughs> yes. yeah. I don't drink water, fish fucking it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I haven't heard that one in a long time. 
Uh, so how did yeah. what? Why why now, Joel? Why, why now? Why not? Uh, because of Josh. Last year? Why not? Uh, five years ago? I think because uh, literally, it just uh, I had it's. To, He's it's been, complicated. He, he, it's it complicated. Come, it come, you know, with every one, every former stand-up has that thing that says, "I should be doing stand-up." Okay. It's, sometimes it's a very, me, it's a very soft voice to some. It's okay. a very loud voice to some, but it's always a voice. You've somehow disappointed yourself by not doing stand-up. Um, and so, I, one of the times when Joel was making that noise, I said, "Come do it with me." Yeah, probably six, eight months ago, right oh, yeah, before you probably. were making the noise, uh, had this booking. Or whenever you made the booking right. and I was making the noise. Okay. It's like, just like, so I've been hanging out with comics more. I've been going out just watching more. Uh, one of our mutual friends, uh, Mark Brazil, who used to do stand-up and he created the 70s show and is a super funny guy. He's sort of been doing it a little bit, so he's been going out to clubs locally. Okay. And I've been tagging along, just kind of hanging out, watching again. And that really gets your juices flowing when you're watching comedy as a former stand-up. It's like, oh, I could be on stage. Right. You yeah, know? no, you get the bug. You totally get the bug. And you so, live in California? Yes. Okay. Yeah, live in Los Angeles. All right. And uh, I think I read, I did a little bit of research. Okay. You grew up in, you were born in Wisconsin? Wisconsin uh, not born, but grew up. Grew up? Uh, got, okay. Got, there, got to Madison when I was about one uh, with the family, and that's where I was. I moved to Minneapolis for the first time when I was probably 20, 20? Maybe I, I spent some time in St. Cloud, and then came down to Minneapolis. I, I worked for my uncle up there. He had a scrap iron and steel place. Okay, and he this is a long drawn out story. I'll, I'll try to wrap it up. But, but the punchline will be all worth it. Oh shoot, no punchline. He had a scrap iron and steel business, family business. Okay, he talked me into quitting school at the UW and said, "Why don't you come run the family business?" And I lasted uh, eight months up there. Okay, and I didn't want to go back tail between my legs to Madison so I came to Minneapolis Stopped and I went, in between and yeah and uh, and I went and I went to Brown Institute You did Yes okay. graduate of Brown Institute it's, uh, nine that was a hard 9 months of my life yeah. study study and I never got a job I got a job offer for Mitchell South Dakota to be their morning guy So you went for radio Yeah yeah I wanted to be a, a DJ broadcaster and right I got that offer and then I also uh, ran into a bunch of guys I knew from college that were in San Diego, and they, I, I, I went to San Diego. Okay. Yeah, and that's where I started kind of doing stand-up while I was there. Okay. Doing uh, some other stuff. So did you ever get on the radio anywhere? No. no. This is the closest I've gotten. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I never took a gig. I never, I never went back to that. But I think uh, it was kind of, at the time, it was a choice because – I wasn't. I, I didn't know about stand-up. It didn't. It wasn't existing in the mid '70s where I lived. There wasn't a scene in Minneapolis, certainly. Sure. Uh, so I think it was just figuring an outlet for whatever was in me to try to be funny or have fun. I thought that was a good. Hey, go into radio. You can be a funny radio guy. Yeah. I didn't think like I should be a funny radio guy. I just thought that I would be a radio guy and I'd probably be funny. Right. You know. Sure. Because. <laughs> You are what you are. Yeah. Or I'd be an asshole radio guy because I kind of was an asshole too. They aren't mutually exclusive. All right. True. <laughs> yes. So, yes. But I never I never went into uh, into that. Is the scrap metal place still in the family? No, no. He sold out, God, 20 years ago or so. Uh, yeah. And retired. But it was one of those jobs I got there and I could see, oh, yeah, I could work here for 40 years. Then he'll retire and then I'll own it. But meanwhile, I'd just be sweeping a garage. Because that's all there was to do. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Uh, occasionally, I would weld something, and then a guy would have to re-weld it because it was I, – I didn't grow up doing that. Right. And uh, – I've never done any welding, Josh. No way. No. no. They had a car squisher. One of the, So you'd buy – they'd buy cars, and then they'd put them in that metal squisher that turns them into a cube. Yeah. And one day, my uncle said, today you're working in that. So you jump in the pit to pull the rubber out. And you had to keep your eye on the guy running the crush part, right? The guy that squishes. So and he was like, you. yeah, no, and he was yeah. like a serious alcoholic. <laughs> and he was always With like red nosed. <laughs> yeah, and I kept my eye on him like really hard, really hard while I was in there. And then I jump out, and I think I might have, I didn't like, I wasn't tattling or anything. I just like, I was talking to my mom, my, my uncle's sister, yeah. my mother. And I was saying what I did that day. And I said, yeah, it was kind of scary. And I, I never worked that again. Apparently, she called him and chewed him out <laughs> yeah. for, for putting me in that How dare you put deal. my son in the car? Yeah, pressure. she did. She yeah. did. I didn't ask for it, but I it wasn't arguing either. Uh, <laughs> That's to dispose of dead bodies, not yeah. to make new ones. <laughs> <laughs> the guys you want to fire, that's where you put them. Right. So it was like a dangerous job. There was actually a guy that died in a crane that tipped over. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't for me. <laughs> it really wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy can be safer. Yes, yes, it can be. Uh-huh. It can be. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right so on. that's my life story. And then I started doing stand-up in San Diego, moved back here, uh, and, and uh, Louie was here. Actually, Jeff Cesario and I moved within a week uh, of each other to Minneapolis to uh-huh. do stand-up comedy. Another Wisconsin guy. Yeah, yeah, Kenosha yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, we were at the U. He's a little older than me. He was actually at the U when I was in high school. But I, it was funny because we might have met because I, uh, I was delivering – the university newspaper is one of my jobs, and he actually was writing on the newspaper oh, wow. at that time. So we might have crossed paths weirdly. Yeah. And those guys, Jeff and Joel and a couple of others, were like instrumental to me when I moved out to L.A. and sort of like just accepting me into their clique very quickly and helping me hook up with agents and finding – you know, Joel helped me get my first job, and Joel and I have hired each other on different shows before. And so you know, Joel was very crucial to my adjustment into LA and okay. finding a sort of instant, you know, sort of community to be a part of. And Joel, Joel and, and Cesario yeah. uh, were both like just really, really helpful. Really what what was friends. that first job? Um, the, for, that he got me, yeah. uh, it was, uh, on later with Greg Kinnear. Okay. Joel had got was that your first job. That was my Jeff first. Probably didn't was, even know. That, that was, was my first, first guild job. I had, oh, okay. I had worked out there, yes. but that was my first guild job. And Joel, Joel had interviewed for it. And didn't really want to work on the job, so he kept pushing me to them. As a writer? As a writer, yeah. Because yeah, I had done Mystery Science Theater, and they they were doing this video mocking stuff, so he thought I was pretty suited for it. Um, and they ended up hiring Joel, and not me, but they put me on Talk Soup, which Kinnear was doing at the time. That's right, because that and was so, a real joke machine. Yeah, yeah, and so I was writing Talk Soup, and then a couple weeks later, someone quit at Later, and they brought me over to Later, and I worked both shows for about a year, and then... And Joel left during that first year, and then I became the head writer the second year. There. Okay. What are some of the other things you guys have worked on together? Uh, Joel, well, Joel I, created Malcolm and Eddie. I created a show called Malcolm and Eddie with Malcolm Jamal Warner and Eddie Griffith. Yeah. And Griffin. those two guys? UPN. Never heard of them. Yeah. Who are they again? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> long stories there. <laughs> but so I, uh, I had a couple of hires that I, uh, that I was able to do. You know, when you're a new, new uh, exec producer or a new creator, you don't have a lot of power. But I knew I had a couple of spots, and of course I'd want to hire a, a talented friend that could be an ally. And then I hired another guy, and then the other executive producer hired a bunch of guys, and then everyone got to hire guys. Like right. the network 
put a guy on. And so but was Joel and I were the only match. ones who were there the whole season. Right. On the producer level. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So they had a lot of, it was very tumultuous was. to, uh, at, the, at the very least. But it was great having Josh uh, there. And yeah, that was the, the show we worked together. And then he hired me uh, on America's Funniest Videos when he was running that. Oh, yeah. That was a really fun year. That was one of my best years of working. Yeah. Because it was, it was pure, come in, watch tape, make jokes. Right. Pure. Yeah. No BS. And pretty dick-free environment, just, Ex- unless you no count dick me free. as the dick. You know? you'd be, you, yes, you'd be the only one. Right. Uh, and I can't talk about that. Sure. Others may. Yeah, but it was a Others fun. Trace uh, Beaulieu was there. Trace is so on that staff, yeah. it was like staff, a really yeah. nice yeah. group sitting around, no egos, except for him. Um, <laughs> just writing jokes, uh, watching videos and writing jokes. So I had not done that uh, before. Greg Kinnear was a little... You'd write a little bit, but it was very... A lot of weird stuff. So you didn't really write a lot of... When I was there. Yeah. You just had to argue out stuff that was already written kind of sometimes. But then I'd also do... my my Most of my writing was uh, not long form, but you'd write scenes and uh, jokes within characters. Like Roseanne. I was on Fresh Prince for a while. As Others, a writer? Yeah, as a writer. Okay. Uh, and so you'd come up or like your week would be... Some of your week would just be coming up with stories to put on the board. Well, how about if Fresh Prince goes to the doctor? Right. Hey, that sounds good. And then people will. And then when he goes there. What if he gets into a fight on the basketball court? That's in the theme song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've done that. Well, no one listens. But that's, that was your, as a quote unquote writer, that's your, that's part of your job. Sometimes you just be doing, talking about stories all day. Sure. You know, what, uh. They, I created, uh, I wrote an episode of Fresh Prince. Well, you know that old ad, uh, Calgon. Take know, me away? Uh, worse than that. It was oh. my my husband, some hotshot. Ancient Chinese secret. How do you get the clothes so clean, oh, Mr. Yeah, Lee? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, ancient Chinese secret. And then the punchline was ancient Chinese secret, secret. Huh? huh? That's right. So, which was more, I think, still in the zeitgeist 100 years ago when I wrote the Fresh Prince. But the whole thing I had constructed where... Will takes his uncle to a, a a massage parlor because they have an ancient Chinese secret that'll get that crimp of his neck, and it turns out to be a prostitution massage parlor, and they get busted, and then the uncle turns to Will and says, "Ancient Chinese secret, huh?" And it was just for me, but nobody n- nobody saw how actually stupid it was. They didn't like call it out or no it, they just let it fly uh-huh and so it was just a joke for me i don't think anyone else ever cared for it but so to me that's like the glorious heights that you get when you are on a show to be able to do something that's hell just, yeah just for you Absolutely. because you work uh, and that show was a particular nightmare we were there almost 24 hours a day uh, Why? working on that show well because like somebody would have a problem with everything and so it, everything would get thrown out uh, at the end of the day so, like the Thanksgiving episode, I remember we were literally ha- uh, we we had to type. It wasn't it was into a computer and everything. But the writer's assistant, you'd be dictating. That's me. You'd be dictating uh, the dialogue, and then you'd hand it to the actor. Where the audience is sitting there waiting because everything up until that exact moment had been thrown out. Oh wow! So the actors had to look real quick. Well, Will, get in here, and then we'd wait for the next paper to. Then Will's line would be that oh geez so we were writing it like in real time but not on purpose like they do so it was just a uh, most shows are nightmares wouldn't you say josh yeah i I hate to pull back the curtain the fun the fun (laughs) shows to work on are the more the exception than the rule for sure really yeah 
Wow. I uh, did. I, I saw. Did you get some on screen stuff too? I do. I do. Uh, I did. Uh, I, I put Joel into a Freaks and Geeks episode. Yeah, he did. He as the principal, right? No, no, I, as a teacher, as an yeah, asshole teacher. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Botwinnick. So if you add up all my screen time, I have 15 minutes exactly of fame. Look at that. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that cool? Because I was in his show for a couple minutes. I played. I had a really long piece in a Fresh Prince episode. Really. Uh, and then I was in Bridesmaids. Really? Yeah. yeah. Did you see Bridesmaids? Of course. Then you saw me. <laughs> He's the dad in the bridal shop, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm on screen, one 1,000, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, Naked Gun. Naked you're, Gun. You were an audience member. Audience at, member. Uh, Academy Awards or something. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, in a With Paul Naked Feed. Gun movie? Yeah, Naked movie. Gun, uh, 33 and a third. Oh, okay. And uh, that was almost the same reason I was in Bridesmaids. They just needed a reaction shot, and they weren't... Well, in 33 and a third, the director, they couldn't get it out of just an extra what they wanted so he called me and paul feig who's a famous director now oh, yeah. down he was just an actor then can you guys come for like a half a day and just sit in the audience we want to do a tight reaction shot and he knew i could make a face so that was about it and it's like yeah we'll come down and did fun. you play a uh, a referee for a basketball referee, game on living single i did thank you <laughs> i was i had one or two lines in a living single and that's because i knew the. it's all who you know justin that's all it is I knew the casting director, and I said, I really, my dream in life, she was a friend of, she was the wife of one of my really good friends, and so I was always bugging her about working with Tootie someday. That would be say, my dream. I hope you say Kim Fields. Yes. It was, I always would tell her, gosh, if awesome. I could, because I knew she was casting that show, and I would just say that all the time. It's like, oh, my God, if I could be in a show with Kim Fields, my dream would come true. <laughs> she goes, and then she called my bluff. She said, do you want to be the referee? I go, sure. <laughs> and... So I get down there. It's like, oh, and I'm the referee. And there was like, I don't know, 100 extras that were all looking at me. It's like, why do you get to be the referee? (laughs) They were really mad at me. Uh There was a few guys verbally really mad at me because they thought they should have been. Like, what's this white guy that doesn't even know anything about basketball (laughs) being the referee? So got that. Freaks and Geeks because of him. Fresh Prince because I was there. At the, I did. I wrote the character. It was a guest character, and I I happened to be the guy that wrote it. So I really knew the material well, and okay. I had a, a vision of a the person to play it. And Josh Weinstein here all week, by the way. I'm sorry to. Oh no. Okay. The, um, I've been on the show eight times. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, before you do a show, there's a table read usually on Monday, and you get all the kinks out. You have a table read. Everybody shows up. You read it. You find out what works and what doesn't. I had, I, they just said, well, why don't you read the part? You know it. Then we don't have to get – we haven't cast it yet. So mm-hmm. I go, great. I'll be glad to. So I read it with a lot of power because I knew it so well, and I was trying to get laughs at the table with it just because I, I got to get rewrite laughs. it. I, I didn't – exactly. I didn't want to rewrite it. Yeah, like Will can chew it up at a table. He doesn't have to be funny. No one worries about him. But everybody else has kind of got to play hard. So I hit it out of the park, and one of the executives said, have you cast that part yet for the – the, the boss character, whatever it was, the guy who comes in, and they said, no, no. And he says, well, why don't you have him play it? Yay! Nice. I didn't argue. I didn't have to be in the writer's room that week. No, I have to ask, because yeah. he's a superstar. Will Smith, uh, a Super great guy. nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Had no problem with him. He was really nice. Yeah. Great this guy. This was uh, before he was a mega superstar. He was on the star, bubble. Yeah. So this was the last year of French, pr- French Prince. French Prince. <laughs> That's a different yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh Prince, he'd already been in that movie, Eight Degrees. 
His star was six rising. Degrees. Six degrees? <laughs> yeah, separation. But, yeah. but I'm eight degrees from him. Okay, right. okay. Yeah. so it's like, oh, my age uh, shows when I don't get those right. But uh, six degrees. So his star was rising. It was the last season. He knew he was leaving. Everyone knew he was leaving. There wasn't any pretense. So uh, it, was all, it was all good. And then, like, oh, my gosh, you become a mega superstar. And I've run into him along the way, and he's always, hey, how you doing? You know. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so yeah. that's kind of nice. Yeah. What about, I didn't I see the, uh, have you mentioned this already, Roseanne? Roseanne. Um, yeah, she'll remember. She would say hi to me, too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, I've become, How I've been. How long did you do two years on Roseanne? I did two years on Roseanne and then one year on Tom's show, which was like working on Roseanne in a lot of ways because she was there, the Jackie Thomas show. Oh, that's right. But I knew Tom from when he first came to Minneapolis, so I was always Tom's friend, really. And so when they got divorced, I sort of, like, uh, was closer to him than her. You had to pick sides? Had to. Had to. You can't be friends with both. Um, Great. It's too bad because it was such an amiable divorce. I know. I know. You'd think they could have shared friends. No, No, not much ever. Uh, I'm still friends with Tom. Tom's a great guy. Uh, he went through a lot of stuff, obviously, and has come out on the other end as a as a better guy. You've met him, or I, I mean, I know I've known Tom for years. And yeah, yeah, no, I think it's uh, the, the, best the place Tom. that he's ended up is almost unfathomable to what you knew Tom thirty years ago to be. You did comedy with him at all? I Josh? don't think I ever did a show with him, but I was around when he was around and met him, and then I'm I mostly have met him many times in L.A. over the years now. Sure, okay. But you re-meet him. I who are you again? No, he actually knows who I am now. Oh, okay. But uh, you know, it took a while. I was uh, the when I, I I actually was I went to the Jackie Thomas show one day with Paul Feig, who was on who was a cast member on that right. show, and we knew Paul from the gang. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. And uh, we walked onto the set, and Tom Arnold was on set with Fred Willard, and uh, I had worked with Fred Willard already at that point. Because he did a show here in town right after ah. I left Mystery Science Theater. He did the okay. show called Access America that I worked yes. on. Yes, right. And uh, so Fred recognized me right away, which impressed Tom. So and Tom I, had to. And so then later that day, I got a call from Tom's assistant saying, hey, we want you to write an act for Roseanne. She's doing Vegas, and we want you to put her three, her three specials together and try to make one set out of it. Oh, which right. was tough yeah, because her three that. specials were three completely different personas. Like, one was her being housewife, you know, her original persona. Mm-hmm. And then one was, like, a complete diva thing, you know, in, a, you yes. know, in an evening gown and her talking about what a celebrity she was. Okay. So it was a tough gig. And I totally underbid it because I didn't know what I was doing at that time. I was 20. and uh, So you literally have to sit there and watch three specials? Yeah, and then I sort of, like, wrote it all out. You know, for you know, I wrote and I had to add. I had to add my own jokes along the way, and especially to connect bits. I had to oh sort of God. create the connective tissue. Um, and so I, I never, you know, I just delivered it essentially, and then didn't, uh, fifty dollars, Roseanne. <laughs> I think I, 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 I said the number, and they were like, "Really? Okay." <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh. "When do you start?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really like, considering yeah. she probably made a million. Probably it was like New Year's. Vegas it was like gig? New Year's Eve in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, at least yeah. And I think I bid like fifteen hundred bucks or something for the project. You know, and they, I think they were thinking more like five. Sure. Know, sure. There's also the fear. I think that uh, you know you bid something that low, and they take it as, "Does this guy know what he's doing?" Yeah, they knew who I was. So you know, I think they, they don't they think were... that way. No. no. Okay. Woo-hoo! Okay. What you're gonna rebuild my pool for a dollar? <laughs> yes. Not thinking there's. They said, something. "Hey, do you want to?" Do I said, "Well, if you want to have it done right, it's going to cost <laughs> you. It's going to cost you twenty grand." But 
Well, here's Speaking 50 of which, I just got a text from my wife that I have a $2,000 home repair How was that waiting possible? for me. Oh. I got, it probably rusted out. Hot tub out. one out? No, a uh, water heater and did some leaking and yeah. Rolls Royce problems? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Need an oil change on your rolls? <laughs> so it's your plumber, so. It's probably pretty good. That. Yeah. I mean, he's never screwed me yeah, okay. as far as I know. All right, fine. Mm, mm. Might want to get another bid. Maybe. <laughs> that's you don't the, do that that's the do it right price. Yeah. Well, to, <laughs> we were just talking about that today. The, when you get bids, well, to do it right, it's going to be about twenty-five grand. Uh-huh. All right, here's five hundred. Do it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to. Repl- is it need to be replaced? I think so. Yeah. It must be if it ru- if at that price. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. boy. And I'm sure it rusted out. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Speaking of soldering. Yeah. Oh, see now, I can come over there when we get back (laughs) with my my welding equipment. You can take it over to the car crusher. You can take the old one over to the car crusher. Oh, that's worth some money. Yeah. That's right. That's where you take them, to a scrap place. (laughs) That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. A lot of metal in there. That reminds me of a really uh, stupid but fun, uh, there's a little plug for a YouTube channel that I have no connection to, but I think is cool. It's a guy that crushes things with a hydraulic press. Oh, yeah, I've seen some of You've those You've seen clips. that? Oh, yeah. neat. Just puts random stuff in yeah. there and, and then shows it, it in sl- normal speed and slow motion. Right. And then wow. that's like 500,000 pounds of pressure. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. these machines are crazy. <coughs> right. Crushy. It's, yeah. It's entertaining for 30 seconds. Oh, at sure. A time. There's that whole genre of the most satisfying video you'll ever see kind that's, of thing. Yes, and, it's yes. like, and it's like a machine putting stuff out and I'm like I don't feel that satisfied I really don't <laughs> the Trebuchet channel what is Trebuchet? that Trebuchet is that what you, when you launch rocks oh, medieval okay. times right like a catapult thing yeah if you will if I was you're, getting all if fancy if you're lowbrow yeah <laughs> they have that channel where people launch stuff pumpkins and uh, I watched the catapult one I don't know catapult well I, it's I all just fancy. it's all just letterman yeah early letterman started. desk pieces let me drop something from a building. Just like what you talked about on Thought Spiral with, uh, with your hate, apparent hate for Halloween. Hatred. Mm. And then, mm. But then the, uh, the good thing of Halloween was bad, like, in the past was when Letterman would bring out all those little kids in their right. costumes. Yeah, Andy talk, yeah. Yes. Yes, that was a good bit always. Cause what really was the bit. payoff of that bit? The payoff was just the costume. Each costume was a joke. You know? Yeah. 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 It was Hodgson. ridiculous costumes that actually, you know, kids would never wear. Joel okay. Hodgson used to do a, a Halloween costumes bit in his prop act too, where he'd, you know, he'd, he'd like cut out the back of a milk carton and put his face in. Uh. I go as a missing child. Oh yeah. Know, or, or put a bunch of crap on his thing. I'm the floor of a movie theater. You know. Well, that's like pretty good. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know what I just saw this morning? I'm and I I'm gonna guess you're not getting a nickel out of these. They're selling pop, those little uh, Funko pop yeah. things. Yeah, I Tom, saw the servo. Yeah. Tom Servo and Crow now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and no, I'm not getting a dime no. from it. But, but yes, I created the character. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't know to get right. rights. Well, there's a lot of merch. things I should have gotten. <laughs> mm, let's not open that Pandora. Oh God. No, but also I saw a thing that I think someone tweeted to you, and it was uh, you in a Lego form. Yeah, I don't. I think that's a proposed thing. Right. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah, proposed. Yeah. There's a lot of fan art that crosses my desk, and it's very cool. You know, it's got to be. It is. You know, even, you know. Often I'm not included, even you know, because I'm not part of their fandom. <laughs> but but there's a lot of stuff where I am, and it's you know, the cinematic Titanic. That thing I did with all the originals kind of brought me back into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so people kind of, you know, there was many years where I just wasn't, I was barely connected to it, you know? And then when we did cinematic Titanic, it kind of brought me back into the fold. And so people can, you know, people now consider me one of the founding guys and, you know, yeah, yeah. 
um, include me in there. When they, if they're doing everyone, they put me in there too. Mm. You know, so. the completists. Yes. Yes. Mm. That's true. Are you uh, any? There's no chance of any of you going back to riffing with any of your old buddies. Um, I would. I wouldn't do it full time. Like I, I passed on the the reboot. Right. Um, but. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I've talked to Riff Tracks about maybe guesting at a show before, and I've talked to, you know, I've, uh, you know, if, or I, you Have know, I'm hosting or emceeing. No, okay. that's, that's All way right, beneath low. me. Yeah, okay. that's way <laughs> beneath me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, or I, you know, I would sit in with Frank, you know, some, or someone, uh, this friend of mine up in San Francisco has like a weekly riffing show. He asked me to sit on, and I'd do that if I was there, you sure. know. So I don't, I'm not, you know, I have no, I have no hard anything about it anymore, you know. It's I I believe the term is on. I have a, I, I have neither a hard on or a hard out. Okay. <laughs> but uh you know, I it's it, it it was for me it was 30 years ago, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just not that interesting to me to to live in that space. It's one of the things that I've done and I'm proud of, but you know, you know enough about my career that I like doing different stuff. For sure. I like totally switching it up and learning something totally new and I got to say I'm as good at at video mocking as anyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you have a doctorate. I, I feel yeah. like For I don't sure. I don't yeah. feel like there's any more muscles to develop there. You yeah, know? that's a good way to put it. So And let's be honest, you are uh and I compliment you every time you're here now. The your Twitter feed is one of my top five. Oh, like, thank you. The, the jokes that you put out constantly. It's I mean I you can't at JL this Weinstein. It, but honestly, you're like I know that if there's some dumb fucking thing in the news, which is every day now, something right. that's pissing everybody off, that one of my in my feed, one of the first things that come up on Twitter is your joke about it. Oh, good. And it's like just great timing. I don't know. You're not looking at your phone now and tweeting, but it seems like you're doing it constantly. No, you know, it's just kind of my default when I, you know, it's like I watch news all day. Yeah. You know, it's on in my office. So it's, I don't sit and write tweets. I think I have a thought and go, okay, put it on Twitter. You yeah. Know? It's not, uh, it's not, I don't, I don't sit and compose, you know, but I, you know, I'm 30 years in, I think in jokes at this point. Right. You know? talked about that. We had this big conversation yeah. about that because I think in like long story form sometimes when I'm come, okay, here's something that bothers me or I think is funny and, or it's something that happened to me and there's like not really hard jokes involved because that's how I think Right. you think in hard jokes. So I, I always l- like talking through with Josh and he'll come up with punchlines or actual, well, here's the actual hard joke in there. Because that's how your brain works. It really is. And so that's why Twitter is like sort of very suited for me. Is it's perfect I'm for not, you. I'm not sitting there trying to tweak things. It's like, no, that's the thought came out as a joke and I'm writing it down and pushing send. I wrote something down. I'm listening back to, I think you said this on Thought Spiral. It was... Uh, uh, Josh, you were saying you often have like there's two tracks in your head: yeah. the comedy mind versus the human mind. Yeah, and I that, thought that was fascinating. And you, you, I'm going to quote you back saying, "You uh, sometimes your wife will ask you something and you don't answer right away because the right. first three responses." Well, that's really what happens. Yeah, the comedy uh, mind. Yes, part of a good marriage is uh, not necessarily saying the first fucking thing that comes into your head. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. and I do really view myself as like viewing the world with two cameras. I have a comic track that's commenting on everything that comes in front of my consciousness. And I have a human being, which is a separate thing, 
you know, processing things as a human being. But the comedy mind is faster than the human being mind, you know. So I really sometimes have to just go, my wife will ask me something, and I'll go, no, that's too smart ass. <laughs> no, that is too. Well, and, and also that is too. And then I'll, so I'll be silent. I'll be like, you know, and then I'll go. Yes, honey. <laughs> you know? But you also know some of that. I mean, the first, like, there's low-hanging fruit. Yes. No, I, I'll, I'll stop it if it's hackneyed, too. I exactly, try not to say exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, because we all see that stuff as comics or whatever. Right. And I guess the difference between being a hackneyed jackass is you you don't go after the low-hanging fruit. Right. Or as I like something. to call it, first thought theater. First thought theater. Nice. Which yes. sometimes is better nice. than low-hanging fruit hacky. Yeah. Sometimes first thought theater, you're aware. Right. As long as you're aware that this right. is the low-hanging fruit that some jackass could jump on and think is clever, it's not. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to find, you know, as a head writer, you have to find ways to reject jokes, too. Sure. You know, and so First Thought Theater was a good shorthand for, you know, it's a good joke, but everyone's going to get there. Yeah. You know. Have you ever had to say no to something Joel wrote huh? or vice versa? Oh, all the, he's totally told me. It's like, oh, that's stupid. Or, <laughs> yeah, I'm did not... you get to the point on that yeah, one? That's to... like, re- you're, you're going to lose him about halfway into that bit. And it's serious. Is it business. easier to it's tell a friend? Business for, yeah, no, Joel. it's hard. No, it's easy I to tell him. I don't, I don't know how well he hears it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you're right. It's easy to say. It's, uh, oh, I'm back down to three minutes. <laughs> but Joel and I actually, I mean, Joel and I, I think on our own, we have a hard time. We would have a hard time working with each other, just straight, straight out collaborating because we're both so right about everything. True. It's easier to like consult or we yeah. talk theory, we talk that kind of thing. Yeah. But you know, he has the way he wants to do it sometimes. And I think we're both at the end of the day, the craft is correct, but we all, but we have our own way that we'd like to do it. And we've been doing it so long. It's like, I want it because it's not right or wrong. At right. The, exactly. At the end That's point. why I meant right in quotes when I yeah, said no, it. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, I want to do it my way because I think. Because why can't I? Wah, wah. <laughs> right, exactly. And you want to do it your way. And neither way is wrong. It's just like, All that's right. why I'm working really hard so that I can do it my way. And when we work together, it's like, well, then that w- one of us would have to s- occasionally compromise. Right. And fuck gonna, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, I don't know. We could probably do a show. We both want to work, so, I mean, if it came up... Uh, I think we could work on a show together. Yeah, I yeah. think just you and I alone in a room might no, be ugly might if be we were writing hard. a script together. Like last together. night at the hotel. Yeah, that was horrible. It was really bad. What a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. I, I don't think that we should do it on that level. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, yeah. I always want to work with you. I, yeah, you know. no, it's, 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 it's because we do have that passion and we do have that love of craft. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to find people out there that you can just kind of jump into craft with. Um, which, for me, it was more instinctual when I started because I don't have any. Well, you didn't have any formal training no. either, so it's all kind of instinctual. But now I really enjoy the craft of it. Not only stand up, but also in crafting uh, a script. There's a lot of craft involved to get it right. Uh, air quotes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's like some. It's opinion, and it's like any idea. It's like if you said, "Hey, let's do a show about the stand up club." Well, okay. What's the execution? Because it's in the execution, mm-hmm. not the idea, at the end of the day. Right. And as long as it doesn't really matter if it goes left or right in, like, are we gonna, is the character going to go to the Pizza Hut or over to the bar? Right. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just have to commit to left or commit to right. And you don't, you know, don't try to go down the middle and try to take column A and column B. Sure. Do, do it the best. If he goes to the bar, let's make that real. 
and funny right. if he goes this way. But a lot of times in the room, you'll get into a giant argument about, no, he should go to the bar. He would no. never say that. He would never do that when it's He would never go to the bar. Just... Well, he'd never go to the hamburger place. <laughs> right. well, we're not, how do you know? Right. I say he does because I can write it. Look, he went to the hamburger place. Yeah, because maybe some guy got a joke about a hamburger that he wants to. Uh, but it's not like organic, and it's mm-hmm. not. They'll argue about which one is right, and like not neither one of those are quote unquote right. Gotcha. It's just what you choose. What you choose and exactly. What you execute. Yeah. What are you? Uh, is there some writing besides writing your five minutes or whatever you're doing? Is it five minutes you're doing here? Ten? Fifteen? Fifteen, he's Fifteen. Fifteen is what he's on the hook for. I'm on the hook for fifteen. <laughs> on the hook for Fifteen. Yeah. So is this yeah. all stuff you've written in the last year? Or? Week. Week? Try. <laughs> kind of. Uh, a few things that The rubber I... hit the road in the last week, I would say. The notions yeah. have been flying for months. Yeah. Just the areas <laughs> that I kind of want to talk about. My daughter. Um, I just I just visited my mom, who's 90, and I didn't even really think about writing jokes. I didn't think about... I didn't think about <laughs> writing think jokes craft. about her. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about writing any jokes about it, but one popped into my head. I just, I just kind of told Josh what really happened. And he, t- you laughed. You thought that's that's a good thing. Yeah. So uh, I'll just say it. I mean, she, I get there and it's like she's ninety. I'm sixty, and she wants me to help her. You, we'll go to the grocery. You'll help me with cases of water because I can't carry it. It's like, can't we find like a thirty year old? I'm sixty years mom, old. Mom, I'm sixty. I'm sixty, mom. <laughs> so thank you for laughing. But like, because I wouldn't. It's so real, and uh-huh. that's what really happened. I don't. I I, I have to. Just say it to Josh. And right. he goes, well, that's a good actual joke. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and so stuff like that. So I can incorporate that. It's it's some stuff that I did like last time I did this nonprofit uh, fundraiser. Um, but like again, I don't really care going out there too naked as far as material. No, not really. I mean, I'm there's I no stakes. A, there's no stakes. I'm not closing the show. I'm opening the show. I know how to talk to people. I know how you to. You can only yeah. say that because you've done it before. Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and even I, Joel, you know, and honest to God, I mean, I've watched both his sets, and, you know, even him fumbling around is still, you can tell that there's a professional guy on stage okay. who's, com- yeah. who's comfortable to be there and not scared. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. No, the, that's an the, important part of it. The, yeah. When you see a comic scared, is when he's eating it, mm-hmm. you know, or it's like scared, and now the audience senses he's scared, and then he uh, yeah. or she. Uh, folds in. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to fold in on myself. I really, it's no real, real bad comics in Minnesota elicit pity from the audience. Yeah. <laughs> and Joel's not eliciting any pity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like okay, so if so a line doesn't hit, all right. So what? <laughs> yeah. It was worth a shot. Sure. Yeah. So I don't, you know, and I know that some stuff will. You know, here's the thing, and we talk about this all the time too. It's because it's it's. I I tend to overthink more of like the the false reality of people are here to do comedy, uh, hear comedy. I'm here to talk about comedy, but yet good comedy is based on them not knowing it's coming. Right. Really, you know, it's that twist, it's that left turn that mm-hmm. you do in comedy. So I'm always thinking. Well, how can I take them really far away so they just think I'm giving a speech? <laughs> you know, for as long as I possibly can, get their ex- not their expectations, but just really misdirect. Misdirect for as long as I possibly can because I really want them to think I'm not going to say something funny. Yeah. So that when I do, it 
it's really funny. Because uh-huh. if you come out, and that's just a dumb shit thing that I think. Right. Because the truth is, like, you can just go straight for the joke. I have that long setup. You were, you told me this afternoon, it's like, you know, you can get to that really a lot faster. <laughs> but I'm drawing this big, giant picture. And in truth, I could get, I, they, it's about my daughter in the park. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm probably go for a minute about explaining we're at the park. It's very beautiful. There's people. It's like, you don't have to paint that picture. Everyone's been to a park with their kid. Right. And part of that is my wanting to, to extrapolate the the story mm-hmm. or extrapolate where I might be going, lower their expectations. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. I do that. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a complex psychology. Going yeah, on it's what killed me at the be- when I did stand up when I was. <laughs> I, I kind of I didn't do jokes. I did, and I still do. I would rather tell like a a, a, a long extrapolated story in some ways, but that's really not the way to do it. <laughs> kids, kids and don't even take then, this. Even it. then, I was able to close shows and hold my own when I was doing it back in the day. How much? But, how much? Uh, the stand-up career that you walked away from mm-hmm. years ago, lucrative, lucrative, lucrative career. How like that what? request came from his career? What? <laughs> you were headlining? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was closing shows. I did college tours. Um, I didn't have, and this is where that, what I just talked about killed me trying to do TV. I didn't have any idea how to get a nice five minute tight joke set. Okay. I, I was going to have to figure that out because you really started needing, uh, uh, television credits to get bookings. Even at that moment in 90, it's like you really needed a Letterman or a Carson. Otherwise they're not hiring you back to close the show because there's enough guys that do have those. And that's very promotable. And that's always sort of was my Achilles heel in many ways. And I was really, as you said, I was really getting bored with doing it. I thought I'd gotten to the point where I could close. What else is there that I could do really? in my life that would be interesting again because I'm really getting bored and that's a really bad place to be. So, Uh yeah. And, and we all both had various uh, careers. I've, I've written animation. I've written one drama. I'd like to actually write more drama because I I feel I can make people um, laugh in a, in a show. I can write jokes and stuff like that. I would like, my goal now would be to do a drama and make people cry. I think that would be really a nice thing to do. See, like, I, think, I think you could do that with a comedy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hello. <laughs> See how he turned it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I think that that's like that's the next thing. I, I don't know if I'll be able to write on a drama because you got to write a spec. And blah, 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 and I have to know somebody. But uh, I think that would be you know work because it's all um, emotional based. And that it's just the laughter is the other side of the coin of of, of just touching people emotionally. Uh, I just think that's just really uh, an interesting and uh, just a challenge, a challenge to make something dramatic enough, film it as a film uh, or as a television producer, executive producer, whatever, to have to, to, to do that, you know, to do something. Well, and, and, because, and dramas can be really funny, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They don't have to be soap opera, but you can, you know, drama, there are funny people in life and sad people in life. And, you know, a a comedy, what makes it hard in a, doing a comedy comedy, like a half hour comedy is everybody's joking all the time. And that's not really right. And usually the drama inside, that's why Roseanne was really great. And I don't know if the reboot will, will be that, but the drama was real in Roseanne. They were dealt with, these were funny people dealing with real problems mm-hmm. but right. those people were not being funny for us as the viewer dan and roseanne were being funny for each other 
they would be funny whether they were being Dan, the characters Dan and Roseanne yeah. were being funny for because that's all they were they couldn't do anything right. else. The Just characters like, were trying to entertain each other. Yes, yeah. in most comedies yeah. they're not. The characters are trying to entertain you, the viewer. Yeah. In most comedies, and that I remember. That's I remember. I remember you explaining that distinction to me, and it really it really stood out yeah. as yes. When when it, when they tell a joke on the show. People laugh at it because someone just told a joke. They don't pretend like it was just regular dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's a big difference. It is a me. big difference. A yeah. huge tonal shift. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. you have anything in a notebook or on your computer that's like half done right now that you've been working on? <laughs> Do you have half anything asked. else? <laughs> <laughs> half asked. Yeah. No. There's always uh, a number of things that are uh, in a different forms of development. That uh, I'm doing a project. Uh, something I sold a couple of years ago that sort of come back that it's really exciting because I really liked what I did and a lot of times you don't like what you did you get hired to write something and uh, but uh, that sort of come back around uh, that might be going out with and then I'm doing uh, sort of an it's an office comedy but it's just at the early stages I got paid to do like a treatment of it and to work through with a a company on it but again you kind of like there's always that in the Hopper. Yeah. I don't, it's really hard for me to not uh, write something that I'm that I'm not getting paid for or because I'm, I'm a procrastinator. So if it just comes from me, oh, I think I'll right. do a if show about that. If you only have to answer to yourself. Yeah, if I only have to, it's really hard. That's something, I'm glad you just said that. I want to get your opinion on something I just read this morning. It's oh, about, I thought it was going to be something I wrote. <laughs> you read the script. Yeah. It's, uh, this is a script I found that you wrote, and I want to know. Um, <clears throat> It's something, uh, I don't know who, uh, it doesn't matter who wrote this, it was mm-hmm. a guy who, apparently he talked to Jerry Seinfeld years ago, before the TV show was a hit, and he mm. was just, you know, this uh, successful stand-up, and he had a chance to ask Jerry uh, some advice for a young comic, mm. and uh, he revealed, he, uh, this is as, he revealed a unique calendar system he uses to pressure himself to write. Yeah. Have you heard anything about this? Before? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've never heard about his calendars. He told me, he says, he told me to get a big calendar, a big wall calendar that has a whole year on one page and hang it on a prominent wall. The next step was to get a big uh, red magic marker. marker. He said, for each day that I do my task of writing, put a big red X over that day. And after a few days, you have a chain. Basically, keep the chain going. No, that's great advice. I I would never be able to do that in a million years. (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't help me, honestly. It wouldn't help you? That would not help me at all, no. Mm -mm. I can't trick myself. I really can't. I, I'm either do it working or I'm not. But yeah. I can't trick myself into believing there's a fake deadline. <laughs> do you? Uh, yeah, I mean, do you set on... your clock ahead to keep, get you out of bed on time? <laughs> you know, like 11 minutes, like I do. Right. You even know that though. It's uh-huh. like, oh, I got 11 more minutes. Yeah, that's right. I, of yeah. course, I could write because I've had to. I could write an entire episode of a script. It might not be the greatest thing in the world, 40 pages, whatever, in two days. I could do that. Mm, okay. You if have. I'm getting paid. Admit it, you have. I have. <laughs> sure, me well, too. Well, because you have to sometimes <laughs> yes. in TV. Yes. We need the first draft by Monday, into, And it's yeah, Friday. Yeah, yeah. You just do. But that's my job, and I'm getting paid, and people are expecting it. You're going to get yelled at if you don't do it. Right. If I had to just do it for me, I couldn't do it in a year. Okay. Honestly. Wow. It would never get done. Yeah. I don't think I could get past five pages because there's just too much other stuff I need to do mm-hmm. pay the bills, pick up my kid argue with the wife. It's just all this stuff that takes stuff away. For sure. Yeah, no, I mean, that's... Jerry Seinfeld is where he's at because of that. I'm at where I'm at because of my system. (laughs) 
So the advice of the young comic is better take it from Jerry. Yeah, I think I don't think Jerry, uh, Jerry's advice just doesn't work for me, but sure. I'm sure it would work for people. Work for Jerry. Yeah. Work for Jerry. Yeah, and it but... is process is a big, big important factor that I tell the young writers: trust your process. <laughs> and then don't explain to them. What, oh no, no, anything no. beyond that's, that, that's, yeah. they're on their own past <laughs> that. What do you mean? I, I, listen, I ain't got the time. Listen, uh, I got to go. Joel Embiid, all of a sudden, mm, you don't know who that is. So. I got to work on my own script. <laughs> bye bye. Cha cha. I got to go. Kindler. No, that's. I'll reiterate. That's really good advice. Pete Lee, who was here the other day, last night. Oh yeah, yeah I saw Pete. Did he man, perform last night? Yeah, he yeah, did a fifteen he did a guest minutes. Set. Very He's cool. really good, man. He's got a great POV. He's a great comic. He has that yeoman work ethic of writing and keeping his head to the grindstone. And he works really... with other people though to write stuff for his act too. Okay, that's yeah. out then. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, no, I think no with a work ethic, but yeah, with the work but, ethic. But yeah, yeah, he's very serious about it. And very he, and serious. I think it almost like is that sort of Seinfeldian like. I have to do my work. Yeah. You know? I never took, when I did a stand up, it's like, wow, I have a gig that's not work. That's yeah. how I took it. Right. When I was a young comic, I was like one of the rightiest comics in town, you know? Yeah. But that means a new joke every week, you know? Okay. It's like when I got. Not a day. Not a day, you know? But that still made me the most productive guy. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, that's like, oh, you know, and yeah. then when I got, you know, then when I started writing TV and saw just like how. It just chews it up. Just how, well, just and just how nothing that was, you know, how easy being a stand-up is at that rate is, you know, how one joke a day, you know, even one joke a day, isn't a good output, you know, if you're mm. writing in TV. Oh no, no, yeah. you write jokes all day. Yeah. I mean, it just it's a machine. Uh, Cesario, when when I was first starting out, he was the guy that would like sit down because he actually came from journalism, so he was a writer. He knew that that was a thing you did. Yeah. Uh, the rest of us would kind of screw around and like hope uh, a thought would come in that you could turn into a routine or joke. Mm-hmm. But it certainly wasn't uh, you would not approach as a craft. Right. And that's that how, I mean, again. that's how Cesario and I hit it off when I was a kid is that we were both joke nerds. You know, we would we, we would sit and write jokes and dump our notebooks on each other and tweak things. And, yeah. You know, so. oh, yeah. Good. But he was it's really in this two weeks a, before he's going to be here. Uh, <laughs> he could have a new act pretty quick. Because he's a joke writer, he's yeah. like he he sits down and he he really thinks in those terms like you do, uh-huh. and uh, so he was always very prolific. He was always, but he was also that was like, oh shoot, I got to come up with a few more routines. But there again, I would go out a little more naked than he would uh, all the time. I would go out with a half baked kind of thought and figure out because I got to pull this out. So I would. I'd stumble upon a funny thing based okay. on I'd have to get a laugh. Right. I know I have to get a laugh. And that's but, kind of, I'm sorry. But nobody ahead. would know. I mean, if you watch that, you'd th- you wouldn't really know that I was just kind of st- not faking it, but figuring out how to get a laugh. Writing on stage. Writing right. on stage. That's yeah. a really yeah. good way to put it. And, well, and a lot of uh, audience members think that some of the best are making it up. You know, right. it's the most down to the second jokes, and you know. And I've changed over the years. I mean, when I when I was that joke nerd, you know, when I was twenty or eighteen or whatever, it was like. You know, that was how I wrote. It was like every joke was this work of precision wordsmithing, you know. Yeah. And it's not how I work anymore, you know. The jokes are written, basically, but I really try to be conversational with everything, and I don't like to be verbatim with the way I'm telling something. But that's new. You know? That's in your That's new. That's how career. I've changed, yeah. yeah, is what I'm saying, is is I'm not that anymore. I mean, the, you, see the, you see the sort of, you can see, my, well, on Twitter, you can see that I have a real sense of, 
the way a joke should be shaped. Absolutely. You know, but, uh, and I still have that on stage, but I, I find like, because I tell much more storytelling style now. Which you stole from me. Yeah. Just, yeah, know, I did. Except I have a point. Oh, uh, oh why? And punchlines. Why? Uh, but, uh, why? Uh, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, now now it's like if if I find it's getting too rote, I I purposely kind of loosen it up and, oh, okay. and start telling things as if it was a real story again. You yeah. know, I gotcha. There's so because a- I know the jokes are there if I you know where I need them, but I don't want it. I don't want a story to feel like a list of jokes anymore. You sure. Know? I just have a couple more things. We've been doing this about an hour here, so wow. should wrap it up. But uh, I want to know what is the latest with "I Need You to Kill" the need, awesome documentary. I need that you, you to made. kill comes out December fifth. On uh, it'll be on iTunes and Amazon and Google and pay per view. Uh, well, so uh, for purchase, for purchase and rental. Anyway, no, I don't. Like... Right now, I don't think they have a streaming deal. Okay, I'm going. It's Comedy Dynamics is distributing right. the movie. Okay, um, so I think a streaming deal will be pending, but the first release will be the for sale or rent. Okay, and then uh, is there any? Uh, they will. Will we see a? Um... Marketing? Uh, is there any money in this marketing? I, Are I people going to get the word? I think up? we'll be doing some marketing from our side. Yeah. Um, and whatever they. I do. want it to be a success. I love it. Well, I think so. if you just keep talking about it on laugh track, yeah, or no laughing. Ma- what is this? No laugh. Track, no laugh yeah. track. Okay. Um, just call it Acme's podcast. How many That's times good. you been on? It doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. yeah. No. <laughs> um, Acme's podcast. Thank you, Tom Bernard, mm-hmm. for the wonderful <laughs> time we've had. Um. Yeah, so that's coming up then. We got the uh, Cinematic Titanic box set is out on yeah. Shout Factory. Uh, 12 rift movies from the Mystery Science Theater people for really cheap, like under 40 bucks. Um, Thought Spiral, my podcast with Andy Kindler. Uh, and then I have another movie coming out probably in the spring so, that I had done, actually shot before I Need You to Kill. So. The, the Michael Day Bond. Oh, movie, oh that yeah. is going to finally. Yeah, I have a distributor. Wow. And, I, and I'm writing checks for music rights right now. You so, are? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right on. And then uh, the one, the final thing I want to ask is how is this going to, Joel, uh, mm-hmm. what do you what do you think? Is this going to this week? Have you getting the... Yeah. Is it going to lead to more than yeah, a, this I'm gonna, week? I'm going to actually start getting out and doing a few, try to do a few gigs in LA just to keep my chops up. Yeah. Hopefully come back again because it's, it's fun and it's like, it's really, uh, I was telling my wife as a way for her to let me go uh, <laughs> this week. It's like, it, 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 it is very creative and it gets uh, the creative juices kind of flowing mm-hmm. it, it, because it's so hard and it's so intense, not standing up, but just the material and the being in it and the process that it's good for everything you know it's good for well and, it, and it's where it started i mean it's where, it's where your it cre- it's where your creative spark started yes you know? and yes. for me it's like i'm very much and i'm sure i've said this here before but it's just like I, my whole identity is i'm a comic you know because mm-hmm. i started when i was 15 yeah so that was i wanted an identity at that time and it's stuck so if i'm directing a movie i'm a comic directing a movie if i'm a writing on a show i'm a comic writing on a show and sure, so sure. if i'm telling myself that then i have to hold up my end of the bargain and be an actual comic which is why i keep writing new stuff and coming you know and you know because i'm not on the road regularly either but but i'm doing lots of sets in la as much you are as I, okay. more than more than i have been in the past years but yeah okay i'm making an effort now to yeah. to make it semi regular at the improv semi regular at the improv are you booking weeks on the road uh, i'm places? not but no? i'm, I'm start, I, well i wanted to do this week and see where it was at because my real my real goal in stand-up right now is to have a nose to tail hour 
that I'm proud of, you know, where there's no vestigial material that I've been doing for 20 years. Okay. No, you know. Good. I just want it to all feel like it's truly coming from the, you know, 2017 version of me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so well, that's the thing we, we talked about, too, is like, I it, our perspectives change. We're still funny, but like, what is your perspective now? And you want it all to be about who you are now. Yeah, I want it all. I want it all to be authentic, and I want it all, all to be funny too. Obviously, but I just I want I want to be proud of everything I'm talking. I can't, you know, you can't always be proud of every joke, but I want to be proud of of bringing up I want, the stuff I'm talking about. I want to be talking about it for a reason. So sure. a lot of sense. what I'm doing this week is kind of taking inventory and going, is okay. this is this in the hour? Is this in the hour? Is this, you know. Good. It's well, a good like you take a cat and like gonna... Dana Gould is like a good example of, of like he's Dana Gould. Right. You know? I mean, everything is from his perspective, but he makes it really funny, and it's like right. But wow. he was like that thirty years ago. Well, yes, but yes, <laughs> that was what was amazing right. about Dana in the eighties. Yeah, you know? you know, he's fantastic. When you were working on Roseanne, was that the episode he was on? He was on one episode. No, no, no. Okay. I, I was there. The third and fourth season. Oh yeah, he, this so... was last the last season he was on. Oh yeah, no. Okay. No. Oh, that'd have been. An... Interesting. I have one more thing I want to bring up here. Okay. I just thought of this. Yeah. Uh, it's that picture. I just thought of this, and you're pointing to it in your notebook. That's I'm not really. That doesn't well, ring true. No, you're right. <laughs> I'm, I'm use, not using the correct words to convey what I was thinking there. Actually, you said something that it reminded me of what I wrote in my notebook, and that is that the picture that you uh, tweeted out from... The Twin Cities Reader, I think it was, in 1993. Oh, yeah, from the the Acme wow. ad from 93. Josh, yes. wow. I know. Wow. If people haven't seen that, I'll, I, I don't know. It, yeah, it's, on your, it's on your Twitter feed. It's I somewhere can, on my feed, but yeah. I can yeah. repost it, it as well. Is it a picture of you? It's an ad, yeah, it's an Acme yeah. comedy ad oh, from 1993, where my first time I headlined here. And nice. I, and I was, you know, I was 20 in the picture, maybe, maybe 19 in the picture. I wrote down what it says. His spiel loops to the twist on punch, uncorking deliberate, unbridled hilarity. Yeah, can you tell a Chinese guy owns the club? <laughs> <laughs> that I'm wasn't. Ask you who wrote it. It was actually, I think it was Jennifer Anderson. It was her name at okay. the time, and she worked doing PR at that time for Lewis. But uh, yeah, I had nothing to do with that. There was another time. A lot of punctuation. In there that, was another by the way. time where they did a blurb in the Star Trib about me, and they used the phrase and. And he bills himself as clean and clever, and I, I, I fucking got so angry about that. I bet I was so pissed. It's such a weird thing to get pissed about, but it was like, no, both those things are dick things for comics to say about themselves. <laughs> they don't represent what I am at all, or right. aspire to be right. at all. Right. And they added the insult of bills himself as oh. clean and clever. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's, you know... The, we got it from you, Josh. You I got said all it. sorts of... I've had so many wrong things because of Mystery Science Theater written about me uh-huh. over the years, and none of them have pissed me off as much as he bills himself as clean and clever. <laughs> I think, like, the whole... There's a whole movement, you know, clean comedy. Right. Like, well, really? Like, for guys like us, it's like, oh. Yeah. you just like, oh, what does that mean? That's not art. That's marketing. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah. Okay, so you don't swear and you don't talk. But a lot of that stuff, then right. they talk about pee-pee and doo-doo. And right. It's all like 11-year-old version of clean because yeah. you don't say the hard swear words yeah. and you don't actually talk about I say sex. fuck plenty of my act. It's never yeah. once used as a verb. Yeah. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Finally, uh, let's get you some more Twitter followers, Joel. Thank you. You're on, tw- um, you're on Twitter. Yeah, I just passed 3,000 followers, but they're mostly Albanians that I bought for 10 cents a follower. So it would be nice to get a few real ones 
Uh, I'm not on Twitter. As, I'm, I think I mentioned my age, so it's not a secret. So I'm on more on Facebook. Okay. Because uh, it's for old people. It just is. Uh, but I, but I'm gonna. No, I can't say I'm gonna start tweeting more. It's, it, it's. But I, <laughs> I don't know. I should, right? But then that you, it seems like a job to me. Oh, I gotta. I have to do it more. Like you're oh, not I the first person up. to think that. That's for okay, sure. Okay, yeah. I gotta come up with a joke where yeah. you go. Oh, here's a joke. It fits Twitter perfectly. Yeah. So, but if people want to follow me occasionally, I'll have something really good, and they can always friend me on Facebook. Yeah. Well, we can Joel Madison too. or at Joel Madison on the Twitter. Perfect. Uh, I also have Snapchat and the other ones. Instagram? What, yeah, I have Instagram. I, I'll post funny pictures on that. So, yeah, people, please, please, if it doesn't cost you anything, if it's no hardship on you, <laughs> just type that in. It might be good for me uh, in the long run. No, I think I have like a 1,000 on Twitter. But, again, I think I did a, a weird thing where you follow people and hopeful follow back, and then you quick unfollow them so you don't you have less. <laughs> I did one of those things. For like a week I did oh, that yeah. to get my numbers up. Mm-hmm. And I feel horrible. I just feel like a sham. No. you. Uh, the worst is when someone does that to you, and I about a year ago was using the – I think it's called crowd – Fire or something like that. That's where you the can one. Then, you can then see who's who done it to you. Followed you. Yeah. Like, oh, you. oh, really? Yeah. You unfollowed me. So you, we yeah. know each other, asshole. Yes, you know? I know. I've had that with people I know. Like, oh. did I? What was it? All right. What was it? Huh? Yeah. What I do? Guess with, what? With, unfollow. With back me, it's at always you. a Trump joke. So. <laughs> but you don't want those people. I don't. Really. I really no. don't. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you, Justin. Nice to come out and see you uh, this week Please for sure. And do. keep an eye on Joel for when he's uh, back headlining. And exactly. Thank you. Right. Uh, okay. Let's do a challenge. A year from today. You're headlining. Yes. It doesn't have to happen. No. <laughs> okay. Just say, I, yeah. just don't, I don't want to challenge you to that. Well, you, yeah. But I'll never. You'll never bring it up again. I hope. No. Well, okay. I will if you want me to actually officially challenge you. No. 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 You, just I, say you know, agree I'm right a, now. I'm all about follow through. Yeah. I know you are. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah. History says that Joel. I mean, uh, Josh will be back here before you are. So obviously, it's going to be my. Well, first maybe question. I'll come as a feature next time because then that if, would be one. Yeah. That's step the away. carrot. That's the yeah. carrot. Chase yeah. that carrot. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you.